The sun rises on the tarnished tack, a small but well-regarded historic tavern in the land of Vang Mox. A fortnight ago, the nearby financial district of Kepi was utterly demolished. Buildings were wrecked, citizens trampled, an economic powerhouse wiped off the map. Despite this unprecedented level of destruction, not a single paper has gone out to investigate, let alone publish a report on the incident. In one of the two upstairs rooms of the tarnished tack sleeps Lance A. Lott, an aspiring journalist and a present parchment boy for the investigative gazette Newsly, 11 years of age. Lance, you, you're sleeping soundly in your bed. But suddenly, roll a perception check for me. Five. Add your wisdom to that. Well, fuck you, four. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Uh, you sleep pretty soundly, and you don't gather anything too odd, except for the fact that you are awoken by (gasps) a loud noise. You hear some sort of banging. So you are sleeping in the tarnished tack. You have spent many nights here before, and you are in the kind of back room. There are two rooms once you come up the stairs. And on the right wall, which is your the neighboring room, you hear a banging. Just a consistent... into the wall. What do you do? What is that incessant banging? I'm going to get out of bed, and I'm going to go open the door, and I'm going to go search the banging. You turn the knob, and the door to the room gently glides open. The room is not unlike yours, but you see a blonde, blue-eyed human man in hide armor with a fur kilt cut off above the knees, frantically struggling with some strange, unrecognizable beast. The creature before you is about three feet tall. It is vibrant, hot pink in color, and its stout body resembles a jelly bean. You hear, (gasps) You see it repeatedly bouncing into the wall shared between your two rooms. As you open the door, it turns to face you, and you see a bright, white, perfectly round face on the upper half of its body with almost cartoonish black cutouts that you assume are its eyes. I'm speedless. Good God, what the hell is that? Get over here, you little Kirby bastard. Oh my God, what, do you need my help? Do you need my assistance, sir? Grab, grab, his, grab him by the nose. Grab the, keep the nose down. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab him. I'm going to grab him. Lance, roll a strength check. Damn it, three. Okay, you try to grab this creature, and as you entangle your arms around its round head, it just kind of slides out, uh, and and you feel the vibrant hot pink skin that is terribly unnatural uh, slides out from from your arms, and it continues to bang against the wall. It is incessantly trying to head in this straight direction. I'm going to jump on top of it like it's an alligator. No, don't hurt it. No, I'm just trying to pin it down. All right. 18. You pick yourself up and you have some pretty beefy legs and, and, and you go to straddle this, this little jelly bean. You manage to land your legs on either side of it and as you go to put your weight down on top of it to secure it, it just slides out underneath your bum and you fall flat on your back. <sighs> just let it tire itself out, I guess. I don't know. Amanda, roll a perception check for me. 17. Downstairs is Gran. Gran is the innkeeper of the tarnished tack who has been here for as long as we can imagine. 
And Gran, you hear an unusual commotion for such a homely little inn what? upstairs. Well, what is that going on upstairs? I think I better go and check that out. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey everyone, it is your friendly neighborhood GM, John Carlo Herrera here, and today I wanted to tell you about an awesome show called Looters. It is an actual play podcast where a hilarious cast of friends go on dramatic, action-packed, sci-fi western adventures in a universe full of different factions vying for control over the Outer Rims. I love a good sci-fi western mix, the cast is so much fun to listen to, and it's played on the Stars Without Number game system, which is really fun to hear in audio. I really think listeners of Drimbus would enjoy it, so please check out this trailer, and if it intrigues you, go check them out at looterspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, enjoy. Hey, we're the Looters. Hey, what's up? Looters is a sci-fi western actual play podcast using the Stars Without Number system. We're a group of friends getting into trouble all over the universe. So come with us if you're into adventure. A rocket flies out of one of these ships far behind you and crashes into the wall and blows up. There's rockets? It's Mario Kart. Crazy. Intrigue. Can I hack into the body and maybe see if they have like a memory data bank in their brain or some shit like that that I can access? Metal, literally. <laughs> Devastating physical injury. <laughs> Just take uh, cover. Okay. She's, she's a good pilot, everyone. <laughs> she's very good. And friendship. New episodes of Looters out every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. like to make my way up the stairs so you make your way up the stairs and you see two open doors to each of the rooms of the inn you know that you have two guests here of course and you hear thudding against one of the walls uh something that maybe you've encountered from time to time as an innkeep but a little more violent than usual and you hear a man and a little boy shouting and you hear Well, Gran is just going to cover her eyes a little bit, and she's going to just start pounding on the door, and she's going to yell as loud as she can, Excuse me, I don't mean to intrude on whatever it is that you do. I'm not judgmental. I let you be. It is my job as an innkeep. But, however, I must ask, could you keep it down? There's quite a ruckus going on in there. Gran. Gran, it's me. Get the hell in here right now. You must help us out. Lance? Lance? Yeah, it's me, Lance A. Lot. Please help us, Gran. Oh, all right. Is everybody decent? Just just come in quickly. Help me grab this thing. Oh, I opened the door. I'm imagining she opens the door and she sees Irvine trying to grab it, uh, but all she sees is me and then... Uh, Lancelot behind, like, grabbing and thrusting into me at this scene. Oh, no, no! And that is exactly what you see, Gran. <laughs> that is until you hear, whoop, 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 
And in the middle of all this th- aggressive thrusting, uh, you see this this hot pink item. And you know, you're you're no stranger to finding some strange uh, odds and ends left behind in the inn. But this is a three foot tall item. It, it is gargantuan, uh, if it is what you think it is. But lo and behold, it is not. For as it slides underneath the two gentlemen. It turns to face you, and you see, again, the bright, white, round face with these two dark, cavernous holes where I should be. And it looks at you, this little, this three-foot-tall, jelly-bean-looking creature, and it goes, and it immediately starts throwing itself against the wall again. And Gran, you recognize this creature. No. No. Where'd you get that? Where did you find that? What are you doing with that thing? It's my, it's my, it's part of my work. It's a little experiment. What kind of work are you doing in my inn, sir? I'm an animal enthusiast, a lizard hunter, if you will, of the sorts of in the in the glades regions. Sir, you you may be a little blind. That is no lizard. Believe that me. ain't no lizard. Uh, of all animals, but specifically, you know, like crockish creatures. So you you're saying you hunt crocodiles? Not just crocodiles, and I don't really hunt them so much. Is uh, you know you get to learn them, experiment with them. <laughs> now this <laughs> looks like the most dangerous animal on the planet. Gran, as you hear <laughs> and uh, and you see this little jelly bean throwing itself against the wall, you actually see it uh, begin to crack some of the wooden panels on the wall as it continually throws itself against it. No, no, no. Now this tarnished heck has been standing up here for far too long for you to bring some nonsense in here and have it ruin it. You better get that thing contained. All right, don't worry. I'm going to calm it down. I'll calm it down. Uh, he's going to attempt to use his handle animal skill. Seven. Describe to me what you're doing. Petting its head, stroking its fluorescent body, and whispering in its ear. <laughs> what, do you, what do you whisper in its ear? It's a nice little jelly bean, a cute little fella. That's it. There you go. You do that as it's throwing itself into the wall violently, going. And as you continue to stroke it and whisper, eventually it goes. And it falls flat on its face. That's right. It's like a child. (laughs) Hey, what are you saying about children? We're not all like that. You're a child. Yes, I'm 11 years old. Lance A. Lott. Nice to meet you, sir. What is your you name? You sound like you own a newspaper. What is a newspaper? I know a news parchment. You uh, you own news parchment delivery. Yes, I'm a part of the news parchment delivery service over in the town over. I don't know if you've heard of it. Good old uh, Doug Joe Pay. Maybe you've been there. Nope. Never heard of her. All right, then. What is your name, sir? I'm just going to scoop this little guy and uh, put him back in my room. Sorry to disturb you both. Uh, have a good evening. You're being very cryptic, sir. I've asked you your name three times, and you've dodged it each time. <sighs> Evit S. Irvine. You can call me Irvine, and I'm taking... All right, Irvine. Pleasure to meet you. Right. Everyone roll a perception check for me. Five. Eight. Thirteen. Carry on. No. I have a sudden feeling of, uh, stress as uh, <laughs> God tells us to I feel a little bit of <laughs> impending doom has entered all of a sudden. Yes. <laughs> Quite. Lance, Lance, you go ahead and you get to bed, sweetheart, all right? I'll make sure your breakfast is ready for you in the morning. Thank you, Grand Grand. Make sure there's extra bacon. Bacon. Bacon? Bacon. Bacon, yes. Bacon? No. No bacon. You feed that man grass. What? (laughs) Why do you want me to eat grass? 
Don't you dare eat a bacon pig. Don't eat crispy a bacon. Sir, <laughs> I eat bacon every day. I am too far gone. I must have my bacon. Oh, God. No. No. Yes. No. It's very good. I'll give you one of mine if you wish. Lance, it's time for bed, sweetie. Go go, go rest up, all right? You've got long travels. All right. Good night, Grand Grand. Before you do that, roll perception for me with advantage. 19. Beautiful. The jelly bean is gone. Son of a... <laughs> oh, dear God. As you walked out, you, you looked around on your way out, and you it just dawned on you. You went, wait, where the hell's the jelly bean? I'm going to run back into the room. Hey, bozos, where the hell's the jelly bean? What? We have a sick scoop on our hands. Crikey. All right. Uh, can I roll for tracks? Uh, yes, you can. 17. You don't see tracks because you are indoors, but <laughs> you do hear... And you hear the sound of some glass shattering downstairs. Son of a bitch! I'm running downstairs. I follow Irvine. I follow both of them. You run downstairs and you see the little jelly bean is now trampling over the the table and then the bar. And it is heading again in the same direction it was heading in your room. like Almost like it's trying to leave the building but it doesn't understand what a door is. And it's just smashing into the wall over and over again. All right, you know what? Sleep can wait. I'm about to take this thing outside and see where it goes. Do you think it's leading us somewhere? It's leading me somewhere. I don't know who you are. So, what what could you possibly mean it is leading you somewhere? Who are you? It's not leading anyone. It's trying to go home or to its mum or something. Really? There's more than one of this thing. I suppose. I just kind of found it in in Kepi, or what's left of it. (gasps) Oh! You found this thing in Kepi, you're saying? Yeah. Good sir, that is exactly where I need to go to get the hottest scoop out there in town. Well, I don't know if it's going to Kepi, but uh, if it is, I guess you can come along. All right, I say we let this thing loose on the world. Wait, wait, now wait one second. I'm not letting you go on your own, Lance and Irvine. I know a thing or two about these little jelly bean looking sons of things. I'm going with you two, you hear me? But give me one second, it's time. Under one condition, Grand Grand. Grand, sweetheart. What? What is it, Lance? Come on. All right, Grand. You need to go in the back and get all the bacon and eggs that you have. Then you can come on the journey with us. Lance! Lance! Now, you're in no position to go calling me and telling me what to do. But because I love you like a son, I'm going to go get some bacon. But before I get the bacon, I just got to get a little something first. And Grand goes behind the bar and she starts to, like, move the the tankards in a specific formation and order. Mm -hmm. And as she does that, she moves the last tankard and a secret door just like pulls upward. <laughs> and you see <laughs> and you just see some like sweet looking armor and what looks like a cane with four tennis balls at the bottom of it. And she's like, Well boys, we're we're gonna suit on up now, aren't we? And she goes ahead and she puts on what she likes to call the girdle of depends. And she grabs onto the cane. That she calls Christopher, because, well, Christopher, it's time we go walking. I'm ready. Let's go. Shit, nope, I gotta get the bacon. I gotta get the bacon. Wait, wait. Don't you? I'm gonna go get bacon. Don't get the bacon, please. Is there a quill or something in the room? Sure, sweetheart, right here under the bar. What do you need it for? You need some parchment, too? I take the quill and I take a leaf out of my hair and I'm like, I need you to tell me everything you know about that creature. I wanna look for the, uh, Jelly bean, make sure it's still running amok in my inn. Uh, it's banging against the back wall of the inn behind the bar. Well, so long as we don't lose it again. All right. Well, all I've 
really know about it. Well, it has to do with what happened in Cappy. At least I, I think it has to do with what had happened in Cappy. You see, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as that town fell, there were no witnesses. Or so we thought. Or so they thought. I, it doesn't matter. What matters is that that night I was out doing what Grandma does. Don't worry about that. And I happened to see one of those little creatures just running from Cappy with just looking its eyes. And it just, it, it was bad. As you say this, it turns to look up at you and you see its its black little craters that it has for eyes. While you can't see it smile, you would imagine that it's almost smiling. Like if it had a mouth, it would be smiling at you and it goes, and then it continues banging itself into the wall. Wow, that's horrifying. I just look at it and I'm like, you son of a bitch. So you think it caused Kippy to disappear? Well, I think it had something to do with it, don't you? That sounds a little fishy, right? Grant, you're meaning to tell me that this little cute, adorable, slightly terrifying jellybean creature is the cause for the destruction at Kepi. Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I saw it there after the destruction happened. So I'm, I'm, I'm not saying there's a relation, but you can't tell me that's not a little weird, fellas. So this is the most dangerous animal on the planet? It could be. I'm going to go poke it. Irvine! <laughs> For research. <laughs> Irvine, you've already manhandled it. Why don't you just, let's, let's do what you planned. Let's let it out and let's go for it. Gran, I have a confession to make. What, what? My news parchment company does not know that I am here. I am what they call a vigilante. Lance, what do you mean? What are you talking about? I am about? here to get the hot scoop on my own. It's about time that we learned of the destruction of Kepi. No one's Lance. doing a damn thing about it and I'm here to crack the case. You're my camera crew. This is great. This is great. What the hell's a camera? You're going to document my series, Irvine Jelly Bean Tracker. You should really I'm working that on the title. It's a work in progress. The point is, he's going to document my experiences with the wildlife. Well, you should talk funny, Irvine, but if you say so, I'm happy to help. Great. I'm going to scoop up that little jelly bean fella like a little baby. I'm just going to go outside with the little fella and let him out and follow him. You put the little jelly bean down and, look, and it looks at you and it goes, Woo! and uh, and it starts to run and it trips over itself and falls flat on its face. And then it picks itself back up and goes, and you're all following, yes? Yes. Yes. Quiet. As you leave the tarnished tack, the small pink jelly bean-like creature awkwardly runs eastward. Sometimes tripping over itself or randomly leaping into the air and diving onto its stomach. Although, at times, it gets up to a surprisingly quick pace that you struggle to keep up with. After about an hour over varied terrain, uh, the sun is now a little bit higher in the sky as dawn approaches, and you arrive at what was once known as the Financial District of Kepi. The devastation laid out before you chills you down to your bones. A jam-packed district that once held buildings obscuring the view of the surrounding plains has been leveled into a smoldering field of ash and soot. The creature continues to head on, tripping over an ashen support beam, face first into a mound of ash. You hear, and the creature flops back up, turns its torso toward you, and you see its usually pale white face is now completely black, obscuring the lifeless caverns that you assumed were its eyes. And it heads on forward. I follow. I do the same. This thing is a little demon, but I will follow. 
Great. Everyone roll a perception check for me. <laughs> oh no. Ooh. One. Me too, one. <laughs> Fourteen. Grant, you sense something behind you. I'm gonna turn around, I guess. <laughs> As you turn around, you see a big, white, winged beast about two feet tall with an orange beak. And it is currently taking the club off of Evit's person. And when you turn around to look at it dragging the club, it goes, and it grabs the club and starts to run away. In which direction does it run? I mean, not far from you. It looks like it's trying to hide behind some of the the buildings uh, or the ashen remains that are left. It's off to the left of the path that you were on. But the bean ain't going that way, is it? No, the bean is heading straight on. Fellas, Irvine, your club just got taken by uh, uh, some sort of creature with some sort of wings or something, but I... Uh, it can't be that important. We gotta keep following um, the bean, don't we? Yeah. We gotta keep after that bean, Irvine. I know. Let's go. Keep following the bean. You hear a really happy, <laughs> and uh, and you continue to follow the bean. Okay. You journey onward for a few minutes through the ashen ruins of Kepi. As you reach the edge of the town and greenery begins to return, you see your clumsy compatriot stop at a clump of tall grass and stare down. And it goes, Irvine. What's it doing? It's meditating. <laughs> All right. Everyone roll a perception check for me again. 17. 17. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? What is going on? Irvine, stop copying me. Get out of my head, Irvine. 15. All of you begin to approach your, your little uh, jelly bean friend, and you see within the clump of grass is this small rat-like creature, but it's unlike any rat you've seen before. It is bright yellow in color with big ears and a large angular tail. And it looks up at you with these big eyes and it looks like it's almost afraid. Uh, and it stares at you and it goes, Is that a Pikachu? I mean, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> you you shout this and, and it looks like it gets frightened. It, it, it scuttles back a little bit and it goes, Pika? I hate this. Oh, good God. Wait, wait. I have a ball in my pocket. I want to run around the the tall grass for a little bit. You start to run through the grass, and doing that, you startle the small creature, and it goes, Oh, good God. Do me a favor. Roll a reflex saving throw for me. Okay. Uh, Seven. Wonderful. (laughs) That means not wonderful. The little yellow rat-like creature looks at you and goes, Pikachu! And from its tail, you see this eruption of lightning. You dodge out of the way, although a bit of it singes you and you take one point of shock damage. Oh, good God. Well, I should have seen that coming. What is the jelly bean doing currently? The jelly bean is just staring at it going, I think we need to fight this little yellow creature. Do not touch that animal. As you say that, it senses your energy and it goes, it's the most dangerous animal on the planet. <laughs> Irvine, you said that about the jelly bean. And I'm going to go kick it. <laughs> Irvine, what the hell? <laughs> I'm planning to kick it away from here. Nat 20. Punt that sucker out of here. Touchdown. Now do me a favor and roll a fortification save. Oh, boy. I got Amanda's powers. That's a 20. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Irvine winds back his leg and with immense power like like the leg shakes when you when you wind it up like you're charging like up a smash kid. brothers exactly and then you release it you release it and like a hammer with a Zeus, uh you make contact with the little rat 
you hear the sound of static discharge as it shoots up your leg. You feel like you just avoided something very dangerous. <laughs> uh, and as you make the contact, the rat goes up into the air and you hear Pikachu! As it flies up, it lets out a, a sound of like as, as you make contact with its small body. And then as it comes back down onto the ground, it smashes into the grass and you hear a crunch again and you're and it looks up at you with these big, big, beautiful eyes, uh, tears welling up inside, and it goes, Pika, 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 as it lays on its side, and you think its its leg might be broken. And then, your jelly bean friend outstretches his large, clumsy hands towards the rodent in a playful gesture. The rodent utters a tentative, Pika, as the bean approaches. After a moment of hesitation, the rodent allows the fluorescent pink bean to touch it. It seems they're playing. That is, until you see the bean's hands grasp at the rodent's neck and exert a terrifying amount of pressure in the blink of an eye. You hear beep, followed by a bone-chillingly loud crunch. And you watch as your little yellow friend's eyes become lifeless, now matching the jelly bean's cavernous optical orifices. Nature is beautiful. Gran, I'm scared. I want to go home, Gran. We're in too deep now, son. You're right. There's no going back. Let's go. (laughs) It turns back to look at you and it goes, and it looks down at the lifeless rodent and goes, kind of pokes at it and then goes, and it keeps walking in the direction it was heading. I'm running after it. I'm running after it. I'm doing my best to run after it. You run and Gran hobbles using Christopher the walking stick. And after about an hour of travel, it becomes apparent that the rotund creature is heading straight to Mount Manoki, not far from Kepi. You decide to follow its lead and come upon a large mossy stone face. And the creature begins to smash into the stone relentlessly. What was the name of the mountain? Mount Manoki. Ah, yes, I know a princess by that name. No, you don't. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing, gang? It's smashing into the mountain. I don't know. I want to stab it with my dagger. Can I do that? No. No. I'm upset with it. I'm going to go stab it. No. Here's a piece of bacon. Take some bacon. You're not you when you're hungry. Eat that. Oh, Grand distracted me with bacon. I'm not going to go stab it anymore. Good. (laughs) That's your eating sound. (laughs) 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 <laughs> well, all right. Do you think maybe we should just let it tire itself out, bang its head, potentially making a hole or something? I don't know. How long do you want to wait? Well, I don't know. How long do you think it's going to take? You want to rest up for a bit? Sure. I would love that. I think I can make a fire. I'm going to go near the bean and check out what's going on at that base. I don't think this thing wants us to sleep. No, it's very loud. And I'm a little scared of it. It might smother us. It is getting frantically energetic trying to smash into this mossy stone wall. I'm going to go check that wall. 14. So you uh, you give the stone wall a search, and you actually see, uh, as you approach it, above, towards the top, uh, a bit out of reach, are glowing stone runes. And while you don't know what those are, you start to inspect the wall more closely. And you see within the moss, there are indentations that look almost man-made. And there is one that looks like a cross, like uh, two intersecting lines. And then to the right of that is a round hole, and then to the right of that is another round hole. Uh, And inside of those two holes, you see two more glowing runes. 
Hey, fellas. Yes, Gran. You, come on over here. Come look at this. All right. I'm going to lick it. Make a fortification safe for licking the wall. All right. <laughs> Who's like, why are you licking the wall? 15. You're fine. All right, good. I lick everything. I'll be fine. <laughs> All right, boys, because you clearly are just, I don't know, dumb as sin. We've got different holes here. We've got one in the markings of an X. We got two circles. And I believe, uh, God, please correct me if I'm wrong, but two. Uh, I'm listening, Gran. Two, two on the inners, the inner workings of the holes, the two circles. There are runes. Runes. So writings, ancient writings. Ancient writings. There is one inside of each of the round holes, and then there is a longer one up above it. And they're glowing blue. All of them are glowing blue. Yes. All right, I'm going to uh, decipher script. I think I've seen this before. 19. So, Lance, you actually recognize this exactly. Uh, You and your encyclopedia have studied uh, many of these runes before. Uh, Funny enough, these are actually somewhat legend that some people take a scientific fact, other people dismiss uh, because they're not very common. But you recognize these as the writings of an ancient tribe that used to live near Mount Minoki. Uh, This is the Konami clan. And you see the runes up top spell out Konami, and the runes inside of the holes are essentially the Konami scriptures for Alpha and Beta. You recall this ancient legend that that spoke of a, a cavern that unlocked uh, with something like this, and you remember the uh, the old uh, the chant almost: Heaven bound, heaven bound, hell bound, hell bound. West, east, west, east. B A begin. Everyone, roll a perception check for me. Six. 16. 15. Gran, you hear uh, in the distance, (laughs) Motherfucker. (laughs) And you see a little ways off to the left near near a craggle of rocks, you see uh, white feathers uh, kind of jump up and down. And you see a club kind of twirl in the air and come down behind the rocks uh, where you saw the white feathers. And then you see uh, this winged beast come out and it picks up a stone pillar. Uh, that just barely fits in its beak, uh, and it is round, and it's about—it's pretty girthy, about an average forearm. Uh, and it drags it, and then it sees you all there, and it starts flapping its wings, and it goes, and it uh, and it runs off and drops the stone pillar there. I'm the—you're telling me that I'm the only one that saw that. <laughs> They're just staring at at the mossy wall. All right, I'm going to enter the code on the wall. All right, what are you pressing with? My hand. Okay. So you put your hand up into the uh, the northern or the topmost uh, part of the cross, and as you break through the moss, uh, it enters this kind of circular indentation that actually goes in pretty deep, and you can't reach all the way in. Um, but it's about the girth of your forearm. Uh, your forearm is a little bit thinner because you are young, and so it kind of sits in there loose. But an adult probably wouldn't be able to get too far in. Can I boost him up? It's not a height problem. It's just too deep. Grand, did you happen to see anything while we were looking at this wall for <laughs> trying to study it? <laughs> well, funny that you ask that. Uh, that little uh, bird-looking creature was just here with your club and happened oh, to... You never told me? Well, no, I didn't think it was relevant at the time. But I see now that it just might be. So I'm telling you now, so don't yell at me. I am your elder. All right. Your club's somewhere back there. And and it had that pillar in its mouth, too. Unless well, I, pillar? What pillar? 
and you see the pillar on the ground. It is a cylindrical pillar that is quite long and made of stone. I'm picking it up, and I'm handing it to Lance. Oh, dear God, this is heavy. All right, Lance, you are holding a surprisingly light stone pillar. Oh, I mean, it's not heavy at all. (laughs) (laughs) Use this. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Irvine. Gran, you're losing your mind. We're going to have to put you down when we get back. Anyway. Lance! I smack Lance with the cane. I smack him. I smack him. Uh, roll, roll an attack for me. I will. Gran, I'm a little boy, please. <laughs> I'm on the brink of death as it is. No, you're not. It's a 20, not nat, though. Not nat. That hits. Roll your d4. Yeah. Gran, well, please. I didn't necessarily want to hurt him. Gran, this could kill is this, me. Is, that, oh, is this that up. non-lethal damage? <laughs> It is that not. It says it right here in parentheses, non-lethal. So don't you worry about it, honey. Just some bludgeoning damage. Nothing to worry about. Just a, look at that. Look at that. It's just a one. It's just a she's, one. Uh, she's grand. She's, grand lifts up Christopher uh, as she's shouting at you, right? And she's reprimanding you, and kind of twirls it above her head like a little wand, and then smacks you over the back of the head, and you just hear a. Whoops, and you feel a shooting pain through the back of your skull, and you take one point of damage. That goes to show you, you don't talk to me like that. No Grand. more bacon. No bacon. Shut up. You sit down. You give me that pillar. I take the pillar and I shove the we pillar in. We don't hate kids anymore, Granny. That's old school. Oh, Gran, I want to do the pillar, please. <laughs> Apologize. <laughs> Apologize, Lance. I'm sorry, Gran. Please don't kill me. You were very close. I throw the pillar back at him. Son of a... <laughs> All right. I'm going to use this pillar on the wall. Gran, bacon me. I do it, but I don't. I'm not happy about no, it. No, 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 no. Grand tentatively and hesitantly puts a piece of uncooked bacon into Lance's mouth, and Lance kind of slurps it up like a spaghetti noodle. Lance, Lance, no. All right, here I go. I'm gonna put the pillar on the wall. Lance takes the pillar. And reciting the chant that you studied oh so carefully and know by heart, it is one of your favorite pieces of uh, of folklore. There's yes. no way you could get this wrong. Okay. Uh, you take it and you and you insert it into heaven bound, heaven bound, hell bound, hell bound, west, east, west, east, and then you go okay, B A, and you're looking at the two buttons, and one of them has has the ancient scripture for alpha, and the other one has one for beta. <laughs> Which one do you put it into? Beta. Still nothing happens? Alpha. 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 As you insert it into alpha, you feel uh, the stone in the back give way, and the cylinder pushes in all the way and becomes flush with the wall, and you hear a little bit of a rumbling, and in the center, between the cross and the two round holes, a little bit of the stone kind of recedes and then slides down, and you see uh, another... A piece of stone that seems pressable by your fingers uh, with the ancient Konami runes for begin. Press it. Press it. Click. I press it. Okay, you press in begin uh, and it kind of returns to where it came from and you hear a click in a different area of the wall. And all of a sudden, uh, you, you hear a little bit of a rumbling and then the slate face begins to slide up. As the slate face slides open, the little creature who has been banging incessantly against this solid stone wall, going up, 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 falls flat on its face. It picks itself back up and walks into the cavernous room before you. Let's go. Come on, gang. We got to catch them all. I mean, begin. (laughs) You enter the dank and dark room and are confronted with a number of stone contraptions. Dank souls? There... (laughs) (laughs) There are standing stone pillars, 
Long, round, horizontal pillars stacked atop each other, slowly rotating, and other such contraptions. In the center of the oblong, cavernous room is a pool of fluorescent pink sludge. Standing before it is a hooded figure who speaks. You've made it. The brave few faced the horrors and prevailed without a care, just to see what lies at the end. At what cost? How many atrocities did you have to commit to reach this end? From behind you, you hear, As you turn, you see a shambling figure, another being, this time a bright yellow, not unlike the rodent you encountered earlier. As it slowly ambles its way into the cavern, the door slides shut behind it, and it trips over a stone. As it picks itself back up, you see a tear in its vibrant yellow body, where the pink being strangled the rodent to death. The skin peels away as it scrapes against the ground as it stands up, and falling to the ground, beneath the fluorescent yellow skin, you see a bright white skeleton that matches its bright white round face. These are the fallen, and your kind have felled them. But violence is a cycle, and your turn has come. Guess I really subverted your expectations, didn't I? <laughs> I want to run up to him and stab him. With that, the hooded figure snaps his skeletal fingers and vanishes. After a moment, you feel a rumbling, and you hear, one by one, more of the fallen emerge from behind the various stone contraptions in the room. Then, bubbling. Slowly, fallen emerge from the pink sludge as their shouts grow louder. The rumbling intensifies as the back wall of the room gives out and an eruption of the fallen, at least 50 strong, pour out and fill the cavern. They all come to their feet and the room grows deadly still as their soulless eyes gaze in your direction. Then, the stampede begins. Roll for initiative. If you enjoyed this episode of Dungeons & Drimbus, join the elite ranks of Jerry Benetatos, Anne Baird, Queso Loco, and Terence Knox by supporting the show at the links in the description. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to the show so you may see our future dastardly plans. <laughs> The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Welcome to Magenta Presents, a new horror anthology hosted by me, Madame Magenta. We begin with the five-part miniseries Ghosted, starring Beth Eyre and Lucy Roslin. 
Perched on a rain-battered cliff edge is a former lighthouse. It's a charming, quirky boutique hotel. Owner and sole occupant Beth has spent months renovating, absorbing its essence into her bones. It's an old building. You'll get used to it. But to Beth's horror, her first guest is a figure from a past she has tried to forget. Kira? Beth? What the fuck? Face to face for the first time in years, the pair must reckon with old mistakes, old grievances. Beth, speak to shut me. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up! And something else. Oh, I can't bear it. What is that noise? Because the lighthouse has a past, too. Beth, he's right there. Why is there blood on your hands? We need to get out of here. Kira! <laughs> Kira! I can still see him! <laughs> Subscribe to Magenta Presents wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon, fans of the esoteric. Bye! (laughs) Magenta Presents.